Good morning, everyone, and happy day of the birth of our Lord. Um, we're reading from Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 25, and I'll, um, I'll just pray before we read. Dear God, we thank you for this special day. We thank you that we can come together to worship you um, and for the fact that you came to this earth um, to, to die for us and to be with us. God, we pray for Pastor Keith now as he um, gets to expand on the word that we are about to read. We pray for your, your Holy Spirit to be upon him and to be with all of us as we, uh, we hear your word. And may we um, go out into this week, uh, into this day and into this week, praising your name. Amen. The story of Simeon. Um, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the, Lord, the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought him in, the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, a light for, the revel a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Here ends the reading. Thanks, Luke. It's, uh, it's really good to be here, and I'm glad I'm preaching now and not doing Gus, because Gus has got a mind of his own. And you never know what he's going to say. <laughs> he's a bit tricky. We're actually going to look at these few verses from verse 33. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. You know, Christmas, it's always been a fascinating time. I think I have preached every Christmas for the last 48 years except for one. And um, I remember some of the interesting folk that we used to get to our Christmas services down in Area Warren. I remember one lady turned up one day and I got talking to her and I said, how come you came to church here? And she said, well, because I can only do left turns. I said, what do you mean you can only do left turns? She said, I can only do left turns. So I looked on my map and figured out where there was a church that I could go to and I could leave my home and only have to do a left turn and then only have to do a left turn coming home. I thought that was interesting. But talking to her, I found out that it was the first Christmas she'd celebrated in many, many years because she was a nurse in intensive care in ICU. And she said to me, you never want to be a nurse in ICU 
on Christmas Day. I said, really? I thought Christmas Day was a day of joy and happiness. She said, in ICU, Christmas Day is a terrible day. You know, once the parties have gotten underway and people start drinking, they start coming in with knife wounds, fights break out. And I thought, this is awful. You know, we think of Christmas as being a wonderful day. But for a lot of people, it's not a wonderful day. For a lot of people, it's a very, very painful day. I'm sure that even for some of us here, today is bringing pain to our hearts. And we have grief. We have pain. Christmas can be a tough time for so many people. And the question I want to ask this morning is, does God know this? Does God care about the grief and pain we might feel on a day like today or any other special day? And that's where I want us to look at what's being written here. You know, the baby Jesus was eight days old. He was being brought to the temple. And uh, Simeon takes Jesus, baby Jesus, in his arms. And then it says in verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. I love that. The Bible never, ever excludes Joseph as being Jesus' father. God honours the fact that Joseph was Jesus' earthly father, even though we know that the real father of Jesus is God himself. But look at what's said next. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, why did he only talk to Mary? Why does he suddenly exclude Joseph? And he goes, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel as well. Why does he neglect to mention Joseph? Wouldn't it have been nice if he said to Joseph and to Mary, these things are going to happen? You know, I remember puzzling about this for a long time. And one of the things that I discovered, and I, I believe this is correct, is that Joseph actually died well before Jesus began his ministry. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, the very last mention of Joseph that we have in the Bible is in this chapter in Luke, verse 41. Every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to their custom. That's the last mention of his parents, of Joseph and Mary. And you've got Joseph and Mary searching for him because he stayed behind at the temple at the age of 12. Sometime after Jesus was 12 years old, his father died. And when I realised that, that, that rocked me for several reasons, and I'll explore some of those in a moment. I don't know about you, but when I was a teenager, I used to be petrified that my father would die. I think it's a common thing that teenagers have. Your parents go away and you think, will they come back? In my dad's case, it was, uh, it was probably right that I was terrified because... He had bought this Austin Lancer secondhand because he was convinced that English cars were better than Australian cars. But he forgot about English electrics. And this Austin Lancer had a child. So the way my dad would drive is he would get a can of petrol and sit it up on the seat on a box and feed it directly into the carburetor. And that's how he would drive. And I remember many a time he'd run out of tobacco because he used to smoke white ox. And he'd drive to the next town, which was about 40 kilometres away, 30 kilometres away, Mullaney. He'd drive to Mullaney with this of petrol sitting on the seat. And I used to be home and I used to freak. And I used to pray. So what if my dad has an accident and he doesn't come home? Every child's fear, every child's fear 
it's very, very difficult. And it made me realise, you know, the Bible says that Jesus understands what we go through. And sometimes we say, sure, he understands. Well, the Bible actually says that he fully has entered into all our pain and he totally understands what we go through. He even understands what it's like to lose someone that you love at an inappropriate time. You know, there's a passage I want to read, Isaiah 53. If you ever want to know whether or not Jesus understands what we go through, Isaiah 53 is a beautiful passage. It really is. Written 700 years before Jesus was born, but describes Jesus. Do you want to know what Jesus looked like? Do you want to know what emotions Jesus went through? What experiences he's had? It's written here. Isaiah 53 verse 1. Who has believed our message? And to whom is the arm shoot? And like a root out of dry ground. Jesus knows what it's like to be exiled to a distant place. Jesus knows what it's like to be a refugee. Jesus knows what it's like to be in a place where there is no rain and you're crying for rain. It says he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Jesus knows what it's like to be the forgotten person. You know, the pretty girl or the handsome guy gets the attention. That poor forgotten person, they don't get any attention. But Jesus knows what you're going through when you totally feel rejected, you feel left out and you feel lost. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. These aren't just words. Jesus was familiar with suffering and his suffering was so powerful. It says that men hid their faces, men hid their faces, despised and rejected a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. I believe part of the suffering that Jesus went through was the fact that as a child or a young man or as a teenager, probably a teenager, he lost his dad. He lost his dad. And I think to myself, what's going on here? After all, didn't Jesus have a very powerful healing ministry? And wasn't healing very much at the center of the kingdom of God? He used to go out and so many people were healed. He even raised people from the dead. Wouldn't Jesus have prayed for the healing of his own dad? I know when my father was dying at the age of 56, I prayed for the healing of my dad. I prayed and I prayed. And I believe in healing. I have seen incredible miracles. I remember the very first time as a young pastor, we dared lay hands on a, on a sick child and prayed for her. And, and this child was brought by a mother because she had an inoperable cancerous tumour on her eye. And she was getting these blinding headaches. And the surgeons weren't sure that they could remove it safely. And I remember we, we didn't have much faith, but we, we laid hands on her and we prayed for her to be healed and the next morning, her mum rang me and said, the headaches are gone. And she took her to the surgeon and the surgeon said, we must have made a mistake. There's no sign of any tumour. I believe in miracles. I believe in healing. But at the same time, I sat at my dad's bedside and I begged for him to be healed. And he died. He died at the age of 56. What went through Jesus' mind? There he is, his father, Joseph. I believe Jesus would have prayed to his father and said, Father, please, I need my dad. I need this man who's been my rock and my strength. I need this builder, this stonemason who's taught me everything I know. And God said, no, there's a mystery here. And we get confused sometimes. 
Because the Bible says God heals. Sometimes we pray and nothing happens. And God takes our loved one away. And we get confused and we say, what's going on here? I want you to know that Jesus has been through it. He knows what it's like. He understands what it is to be confused. He understands to be praying for someone that you love. And the answer is no. And God takes them anyway. Jesus understands our suffering. And the last thing I want to say this morning, because I don't want to go too long because it's Christmas morning, is that Jesus was born to die. As Gus learned, he was actually wrapped in Joseph's burial cloth. In Joseph's burial cloth. doesn't come out in our translations because our English forebears didn't quite know how to handle it, that this word meant not swaddling cloth, but burial cloth. He was buried. In, he was born and wrapped in Joseph's burial cloth. And we don't even know if it was the same cloth that he was wrapped in when he died. We don't know that. You know, when John the Baptist saw Jesus' sins of the world, but a lamb is a sacrificial animal. A lamb is born to die, to give up its life in our place. Jesus was born to die. People expected him to be a political leader and to be a wonderful leader who would lead the people of Israel out of the captivity of the Roman Empire. Those who thought that he wasn't doing what they expected him to be. He became a sign that was rejected. You know, I haven't got time to go into it now, but the fascinating thing about signs is that you either listen to them or you don't listen to them. You either obey them or you don't obey them. When you come up to a stop sign, you've got two choices. You stop or you don't stop. And you decide to just creep through it and not quite stop. And a policeman pulls you up and you say to him, well, I didn't quite stop, but I just crawled through it. He'd say, sorry, you either stop or you don't. It's black and white. Jesus was like that. You either believe him or you don't. It's black and white. You either belong to him or you don't. There's no in-between. There's nothing wishy-washy about Jesus. Nothing wishy-washy about Jesus. Jesus was born to die. And in John 19, we, have seen a, we see a picture of Mary standing at the cross of Jesus, watching her son being crucified. And the awful thing about crucifixion in those days is that it was done at eye level. It wasn't up high. It was at eye level. So they were standing there watching what was going on. You know, it says there in Luke, it says that, Simeon says, a sword will pierce your soul. Can you imagine what Mary, the mother of Jesus, felt as she watched Jesus on the cross? As she stood there, as she stood there and she saw all the filth and all the anger and all the hatred being poured onto Jesus. As she stood there and realized that God the Father himself had turned his back on Jesus. And God the Father had put all our sins onto his beloved Son so that we could be set free for a mother who'd held this little baby in her arms, for a mother who'd brought up this toddler, for a mother who'd nurtured a teenager, for a mother who loved her son, it would have been like a sword into her soul. And Simeon is prophesying right there at the birth of Jesus, within a few days of the birth of Jesus, Simeon is saying these incredible things to Mary. You're going to be alone. Joseph's not going to be with you at that time. And you're going to have a sword piercing your soul. 
But you know, you might say to me, but Pastor Keith, how can we celebrate Christmas? Well, we celebrate Christmas for one reason, and that is that Jesus didn't stay dead, did he? He didn't stay in the grave. The third day he rose again from the dead. One of my favourite sermons is by Tony Campolo. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's good. It's called It's Friday. But... And there's Mary. And she's standing there. And it's Friday. And her soul has been pierced with a sword. And she is broken and she is wounded. But she didn't realise that it was only Friday. And Sunday was coming. It's Christmas Day. It's the beginning of the death of Jesus. The humiliation of Jesus ends. As we celebrate Christmas, let me ask, what gift can you give to Jesus? Because the only reason we give gifts is because God has given us the gift of his son. On the way here, I was listening to the little drummer boy who had nothing to give to Jesus, I think, except his heart. I think himself. That's all he had to give to We've been so busy getting gifts for our children as an expression of love, a beautiful thing. Gifts for each other as an expression of love. What gift can you give to Jesus this Christmas morning? Why don't we give him our hearts and our pain and our sorrow and our grief? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, as we sit here this Christmas morn, many of us have a sword piercing our soul. There is grief and there is pain. There is sorrow. There is anger. There are feelings of rejection there is humiliation, we've been hated, we've been abused, we've been bullied. But Lord, this morning, we give it all to you. Lift off us all the heaviness that weighs us down. Would you give us the joy and the peace that passes all understanding? Would you give us the gift of Jesus? And if you've never, ever given your heart to Jesus, if you've never made that gift... You can do that right now. You can do that right now because he loves you and he knows what you're going through and he cares for you. So why don't you just pray with me? You can just do this quietly or you can do it out loud. Pray with me this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, you are the son of the living God. You came that I might live. You died to forgive my sins. I ask you, Come into my life. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Liberate me. Lift these burdens off me. And help me, Lord Jesus, to follow you from now on. I ask that in your precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. We're going to sing together. And after the song, we'll remain standing for the benediction.